Hey there, and welcome to episode number 51 of Become a Guitarist Today with myself, Adam Roach. Now, in this episode, I talk to Barry Sparks, who is the bass player for Malmsteen, Michael Schenker, Dokken, Ted Nugent, UFO, and currently he's touring with one of Japan's biggest bands, The Bees. Now, before we get into the interview with Barry, I'd like to just announce once again that I do have my free Skype lessons available. So just check out my podcast number 50 and you'll hear all the details in there about what to do. And you can get your free half hour Skype lesson. So let's go over to the interview now with Barry Sparks. Yeah. All right. Well, good to talk to you. Fine. Sorry for the, I've been the last couple of weeks have been kind of nuts around here. I'm getting ready to go to uh, Japan. So we're heading out tomorrow, actually, the beginning yeah. of our trip. So. Oh, okay. How long is that for? Uh, I'll be touring till end of uh, September. Oh wow, a yeah, big one. Yeah, yeah, a long tour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So is that with the band? Is it? How do you, is it? Bz? Is that pronounce it or bees? Uh, it's called bees. Oh, bees. Yeah. It's a Japanese band called bees. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been with them the last uh, ten years, solidly. Anyways, I did the, my first tour with them fifteen years ago. Yep. And uh, this is their thirtieth anniversary tour. They're huge in Japan. Yeah, they sold 80 million out over 80 million albums in Japan. So we'll be doing, uh, man, we played Tokyo Dome, 55,000 seats sold out for three or four nights. Jeez. So it's 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 pretty nuts. We go all over Japan. It's it's gonna be a great tour. Yeah. Yeah, because I looked them up and they, yeah, like I said, they seem huge over there. Like yeah, huge, massive. huge, huge. Yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a blast. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be excellent. And even like yeah, yeah. some some of the clips I saw were like really big shows as well. Yeah, but, the uh, production's much different in J- in Japan and uh, I imagine in China and Asia and everything. Uh, it, it, huge, huge production. It's, it's mind every tour I do. It's it's mind blowing. So yeah. So I I haven't seen the stage for this tour yet, but it's gonna be something ridiculous. It sounds like great fun. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be cool. Yeah. So you you're the only one from America going over. Uh, me and the drummer, uh, the drummer Shane Gallus, he's uh, he's been in the band for a long time too. So uh, okay. the rest of the band is Japanese. Yep. Except for us. So uh, yeah, it's, it's been great. Yeah, I've been with them for quite a few years now. So yeah, so um, yeah. should be cool. So you can talk a bit of Japanese. <laughs> I should. <laughs> Not really. No. Not really. You know, I, you you pick up a little bit here and there. You pick up words and stuff like that. And then you go home and have a break for six months or eight, or nine months, and you go back and you forget what you learned before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I, I get I, I get around enough, but uh, you know I don't speak. I mean, I, I would not call what I know speaking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You speak through the bass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, they speak enough English where we get get by, and uh, so thankfully, thankfully for that, you know, I, of course, I pick up a lot of words, and you know. It's just such a hard the way the the sentences are put together. It's not like the same, really, like we would. So you get a bunch of words and like, oh, I got that, and it's like, oh, wrong. That's yeah. not how you put them together. <laughs> yeah. So it's a little harder than just learning. You know what I mean? Stringing the words together like you would, but but uh, yeah, I have no excuses. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> Probably start this interview backwards in a way. So with this band, sorry, how did you get the gig with this band? With bees? Yeah. 
Okay, well, wow, this goes way back to the beginning, kind of like, anyways. Uh, okay. The, the first tour with Ingvay Malmsteen I did way back in 94. Yep. Uh, I met a guy, a Japanese guy named Cooney. Now, Cooney was a guy, uh, he made a couple albums, he was a guitar player, and he had Mike Tirana, the awesome drummer who played with Yngwie, and and he had Jeff Scott Soto both play on his album. And uh, I just came became friends with him through that. And back then, way back then, he was kept telling me, hey, Barry, man, you got to check out my friends. They're called bees. They're getting big here. Mm. Oh, cool. And I was like, yeah, cool, sure, man. Many years later, I guess, I, I remember I just joined Dawkins around 2001 or two, and Cooney called me and, and said, hey, you should come out and try out for Bees. They're, 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 they need a bass player and drummer. And uh, I, I went down and tried out. I just I just joined Dawkins, so I was I was kind of like, well, sure, I guess. I wasn't really interested, really. Uh, it sounded like fun if I had time, if I was could do it. But I was kind of happy with with uh, being on the road with Dawkins and stuff, and so I didn't really take it that serious. But uh, yeah. during that time, anyways, the thing was that, that Billy Sheehan uh, actually ended up playing that tour. Uh, oh, okay. So Billy Sheehan toured with him in that that year, and I was I was out with Dawkins and Ted Nugent and whoever else. Uh, yeah. And then it was a couple years later, maybe a year or two later, maybe even. Or they called me again, and I went down, and sure, I'll try, try it. And, and uh, I got the gig then, and I did that tour. I was kind of filling in for a, a Japanese bass player they had at the time, so I knew it wasn't permanent, but I did I did the, tur- the, the tour in uh, 2003, and uh, they called me a couple years later if I wanted to, to do more, and I, I've been with them since then. Wow. So, yeah, it's it's been great. Yeah, I actually had Billy on the uh, the podcast last week. Oh, really? Great, yeah. great, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's he was a legend. Yeah, he was the, down. Le- the legend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was down in Australia with uh, Mr. Big. That's right. Mm. That's right. All right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So got to meet him at the uh, hotel room, and the only thing was, um, I only had like fifteen minutes, so it was only a really short interview, but it was still good to meet him and catch up. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah, that was no, really, no doubt about it. Yeah, that was a really awesome. good show. It had extreme as well, so it was a double header. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I saw ads for that. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So going back to the start now, so when you first got into bass, okay. Um, so okay. did you actually start with the bass guitar or other instruments first? Well, let's see. This goes back to like the late 70s. Uh, Kiss was real big. I was huge, big time into Kiss. I wanted to be like Ace Frehley. I wanted to be the lead guitar player. So oh, really? I, I, I started playing guitar and I was playing for a couple years. You know, uh, my sister had some... Uh, some friends that could play and they and he came over and taught me and I and I started learning songs and and I loved it and uh my brother was taking some too some lessons too and uh he was two years older than me and he started he was going to put a band together with his buddy and uh and I didn't want to be left out so I was like well I'll play bass how about I get a bass 
And I remember thinking, well, well that guy in Rush is really good. He sounds pretty cool. <laughs> it must be a pretty cool instrument, right? So, <laughs> so I, I, I started playing bass, and I just really I fell in love with it. I mean, big time in the Rush, and of course Iron Maiden came along, and just I totally loved it. And uh, guys like Chris Squire and stuff. So in in high school, I was a uh, I was a freak about practice. I just went to school and just came home and played six, seven hours a day, probably, and uh, played along with records and uh, just really played hard. And uh, that's how I started playing bass. It's really a good thing, actually, because when I was 20 or 21, I moved out from Arizona to L.A. And this was in 1988 or 89, I guess. You know the whole LA scene at that time. If you wanted to be a musician, you had to be in LA, and you had to, you know, go there. So, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, I got there, and it kind of it didn't last too long. It was great moving out there, but uh, I just started playing uh, with with bands out there and uh, making my way through gig after gig, I guess. Mm. Uh, and uh, I eventually. Oh, what it was my point was uh, it was great to be a bass player because there was a billion guitar players and 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 they all needed a good bass player. Yeah, and it was hard to find. So I think that really was a real advantage I had at, at that time. And it's funny uh, there was a guy before I left Tucson. There was a, there was a guy I started playing. I uh, played. I started jam with a little bit, and he moved out to L.A. and he was actually it was just by by luck he recommended me to a guy named Guy Man Dude, uh, who had a record deal on MCA. And he was kind of a shredder guy. Mm. He was great. He was actually a, he was a drummer turned guitar player. He toured with Steve Vai and John Anderson. Yes, he was a, oh, well. he was a professional, he was a professional drummer. Yeah. And he just one one day decided I'm going to play guitar now. And he put the drums down and went nuts practicing for like just two or three years. And he had a deal on MCA already. And he was like, Satriani or something. It was great. Gee, that's so yeah, yeah, he was he was he was great. So we we eventually did some touring um, in Czechoslovakia before it became Czech Republic and Slovakia, uh, and that was my first tour. Okay, it was amazing. It was amazing. It was awesome. Uh, we played with a Czech artist who was uh, well known, and I uh, had a hit song there. And it was it was my it was a great first tour for me. Yeah. Anyways, I came back. Uh, from that, and I was doing demos with Mike Tirana, and I remember Mike telling me, he goes, dude, I gotta tell you something. I got a big gig going. I'm like, what is it, what is it? Ingve Malmsteen. I'm like, no. <laughs> I mean, I was like, this was back in 1992 or three. Yeah. And I was kind of freaking out. I was like 20, 23, 24. I was like, oh, that's awesome, man. So, uh, you know, of course, we're all big fans, you know, mm. we grew up, listening to Ingve and all that stuff. So he went down and did the album and uh, he was, he had been playing with Tony McAlpine and Mike Toronto is an amazing drummer. Uh, but he recommended me to Ingve and I, that's, that's uh, how I got that gig. Wow. So when I moved to LA, I, I, man, I didn't make a dime playing, but I, but especially the pay to play thing. I did cover bands and it was frustrating, but man, I, j I played with everyone I could. Mm. And, you know, thankfully the gigs got a little bit better, you know, and I led the, like, that led to Ingbe. <laughs>
Wow, amazing. So, so how was he to work with Yngwie? The greatest thing was when Mike called my, my, my house one time and he goes, hey, dude, listen to my message here. And it was Yngwie going, tell that Sparks guy he's got the gig. <laughs> <laughs> and was so that was a big thrill of my life. And uh, Yngwie called me the first time I talked to Yngwie. It was great. He goes, hello, is Barry there? And I go, this is him. And he goes, this is Yngwie J. Malmsteen, your lord and master. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. So that was my... That's my introduction to Ingve. Uh, you know what? I had a great, I had a great time with him. Uh, it was a little uh, nerve wracking. My my first gig with uh, with Ingve, I got a call. Uh, it was Fender's 40th anniversary party, and I was told I would come down the day before and meet Ingve, and we would rehearse. Yep. So I went down there and uh, I met him. We didn't have any rehearsal though, <laughs> so. I was kind of freaking out a little bit. I learned his songs that he gave me like a couple weeks before, and then I met him that the night before, and he goes, all right, let's talk about what songs we should do. And I was kind of like, oh, my gosh, you told me the songs a week ago. What are you talking about with songs? <laughs> so, of course, it was a completely different list, right? <laughs> so I I really had to wing it. I really had to wing it. And uh, and so I, I pulled off that gig, and I got a call from the manager, and he's like, oh, Angry loved you. So that was a real uh, relief because after that, I, I felt confident, to, you know, when I flew down to Miami and we started, you know, rehearsing for the big tour. And a couple months later, I was touring Japan with him. So it was a, it was an amazing time. Mm. Uh, it wasn't always easy. I mean, he's, uh, he had his moments, but uh, but I have great memories playing with Ingve, and uh, I'm proud of those days. I really am. I was it was a it was a really uh, great time for me. Yeah. Yeah. So was that more challenging, like compared to the things you had done prior to the Malmsteen gig? Well, yeah. I, I well, you know what? I, I, I had been playing uh, some pretty challenging stuff, I would say too. But yeah, I mean, having to jump into that, and you know, I there was quite a bit of pressure that I had better be better be darn good. So. Uh, mm. Yeah, some of the songs are ripping though. I mean, trilogy. I mean, even to this day, it's a it's a burning song. It's a this it, it's a tough song to play on bass. Yeah, I mean, uh, lots of them were. So, I think I had about a month or two after I knew I was in the band, and so I I had a lot of I had enough time to really sit back and woodshed on everything. So, yep. by the time I got there, I felt I felt great. I was ready to do it and. The tour went great. Japan was amazing, uh, of course. Uh, he was very popular at that time. It was probably his biggest time in Japan was around uh, the time I was playing with him. Uh, he'd always been big there, but I think he had his really his peak probably in the early 90s there. Yeah. And uh, But yeah, it was amazing. We, we did that, and then we came back and did, uh, we did that whole tour. We, it was a tour, but really, we were on the road all the time. We were just constantly playing yeah it was great for you know my chops were on i was really ridiculously on fire because just playing those songs every night we did the the album magnum opus after that yeah. it was a strange story about that we the, the management rented the band a house down in miami and uh instead of having a hotel since it was, it was a couple months so we, we just kind of had a band house it was great one day i was sitting out in the sun getting some sun tanning on i was sitting there like what is that hmm. it turns out that i got chicken pox oh, i no. never had it i never had it as a, as a kid 
and I got it later, like when I was 25 years old, I got chicken pox. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, if, if you ever read about that happening, it's much worse. It was terrible. Ingve mm. wouldn't come near me. <laughs> he didn't want to get it. But uh, that was while I was in the studio. So I was kind of quarantined off on my own there. And uh, yeah. that was with the great producer, Chris Sangridis, who just p recently passed away. He was a great producer from Thin Lizzy to Talkers to of Pantang to a million other bands. He was great to work with. So it was, man, it was an awesome time. I, I doing those tours in Europe uh, with Saxon and uh, my gosh, great times with the Yngwie. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of bitter people who play with Yngwie who just go on and on and about it. But yeah, I man, I, I had a blast. Yeah, yeah that's good. <laughs> I had a blast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and oh, I, I got to say about my, my good friend, Matt Allison. he passed away uh, a couple years ago, too. He was a keyboard player. That guy was such an amazing, wonderful person and an amazing musician. Uh, he is really missed. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And that whole band with Mike Becerra, uh, you know, it, it was, yeah, it was awesome. Awesome. Oh, excellent. So pretty much from there, you would have um, been offered a lot of things, wouldn't you, after coming off Mindsweep? Well, you know what? Well, at, when I was, let's see, it must have been 94, 95. When I was still with Yngwie, uh, uh, I was approached by Michael Schenker's management about playing with MSG. Yeah. And uh, that was right before Walk on Water came out. And I and I was, I'm a huge Michael Schenker fan, I still am to this day, and I and I and we had some time. And I thought it was all going to work out, and I said, "Well, yeah, let me know, let me know." And then, then the Walk on Water UFO reunion happened, and so I was kind of oh disappointed. And then mm. uh, we, I went back out with Ingve to Europe, and we did the wow, we did some ridiculous tour in Europe with with like some forty shows in forty two days, or one of those kind of schedules, right? Yeah. Amazing, awesome, great time. We finished that up, and the management kind of said that Ingve's doing, uh, that's when he did Inspirations, that cover album. They said, Ingve's uh, going to take a little break for a while with the band, and he's going to do some album stuff. So we were kind of like, oh, bummer. And then, but the great thing was, right at the exact same time, I got approached by MSG again to, to put that together. Mm. So it, it, I was very very lucky it just flowed into that and we did the written in the sand album which was a i think a great record uh ron nevison produced it uh the swedish singer leap sundin sang on it he was just really really great so i i immediately called shane who had been playing with ingve the drummer and i and i and i said hey let's do this and i told them about shane so we both started playing with michael shanker and uh that's where that started and that was amazing too uh like I said, Michael Schenker is always, since I was 12 years old, I guess, has been my number one guitar player. So I was I was just totally over the moon about that. So yeah. that's a blast, yeah. Yeah, it's great. So playing with your, your hero type thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I play with a lot of them, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, played like, you know, I mean, Marmstein and uh, Dokken, Ted Nugent, Schenker. Well, it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a good list. <laughs> All of which, all of which I was a big fan of growing up. So uh, yeah, it's been very, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we did, uh, we, let's see, we did Written Sand, and we went on tour. Unfortunately, we, we were, we were. I remember the Japanese label was coming to take some photos for their album, and the management kept the singer over past his visa. Oh, no. And, yeah, so that was serious, that was a serious uh, mistake, because we went to rehearse for the tour, and he couldn't get in the country. Wow. And uh, he got he got some mark on his. Anyways, he couldn't come back to the states for like five or ten years or something. It was some serious offense. So that's when David Van Landing started singing with Michael Schenker. And I got to say, he he sadly passed away, I think two years ago in a in a terrible uh, auto accident. So he he was a wonderful wonderful great friend and another amazing amazing singer. Uh, so that was a shock when that happened. Just not fairly recent. Uh, but anyways, we we hit the road with with that lineup as long as Michael lasted. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. There was, you know, Michael's so awesome. Yeah, he's my favorite guitar player. But there was other things that that you know would uh, make the tour stop, and unfortunately, he went home or this and that. So uh, uh, sometimes those tours were kind of short. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great, but short. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, we, we did have a great tour in Japan. Uh, I remember that, which made the double live album he had. And so there were great times. I loved playing with Michael. I loved, loved it, loved it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So have you ever been to Australia with any of these bands? You know what? Uh, I have been to Australia. It was the next, let's see, after Michael, I got this gig with a, with a pop singer. That must have been 98. Okay. Yeah, I got, uh, her name was Billy Myers, and she had a, a kind of a pop hit hmm. so we were doing all the tv shows in america and top of the pops in england we were we were playing constant constantly uh it was a totally different world for me it's a blast i it, it, you know I, I wanted to be out with michael shanker <laughs> rocking out but it was it was it was a good time it, i gotta say it was a wonderful time we did a lot of uh lots of tv but we did uh we flew to to uh, Australia and did some Good Morning Australia programs and um, TV. Okay. Uh, not too many gig gigs, but uh, I had a blast there. We well, we toured with uh, Savage Garden, which is an Australian oh, yeah. band. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. So they were our good friends, and it was a totally different world than the rock world, which I really cut out for. But yeah. uh, <laughs> but I gotta say, it was it was good times, good times. Yeah. Yeah. So that. But that's just sadly the only time I've. I guess it's either so far or so hard to get there. So uh, yeah. unfortunately, with the other bands, we never tour there. It's a bummer. Yeah, so it's a lot of bands <laughs> like that actually. Like a lot of people I've you know, interviewed, like even you know, like Joe Allen from Warrant and even Bill from Firehouse. You know, I'd love to come yeah. here, but just promoting, I guess. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was a great time there. I remember it was the longest flight ever been on from yeah. from Australia to LA. Yeah, that was a that was a long haul, but yeah, but uh, it was a wonderful place to be for the short time I was there. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, now with your, your solo, because you got a couple of solo albums as well. Yeah, I've done uh, 
I actually have a new one coming out next month in Japan. I've done a couple other ones. Uh, the first one, it was an acoustic album. Yep. Playing with Michael Schenker, we used to do an acoustic set. And I was really, really influenced by that. And I ended up doing my own record like that. And I think it came out uh, really well. Um, it, that came out way back in 99, I think. Okay. Uh, I've done some other stuff. Uh, but my, my, my latest thing, I did an album, actually two years ago, I did an album with... Uh, Mike Vissera, Right on Mars, and that, that came out great. Yep. That was released in Japan. My my new album uh, is called Bass in Your Face. It's all instrumental, uh, you know, which features bass, mostly bass stuff. So mm. I'm really, really proud of it, and uh, can't wait for people to hear that. And uh, a lot of it's been out on, on – some of it's been heard on YouTube and stuff here and there, but I've gotten great response a bit with it, so I'm, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, was that the one you got the uh, the GoPro film clip to? It, yeah, that's a, yeah. Yep. There's all that stuff with the, you know some of the GoPro stuff I've done, uh, and there's there's some other stuff on it, some some extra songs too. Uh, okay. So yeah, it's it came out great. I'm really proud of it, and uh, it comes out July 4th in Japan. Oh wow! Oh, excellent. Yeah. combination of your playing in that song the, the different styles is great yeah, oh thank you yeah, yeah yeah i uh i i grew up listening to lots of hard rock stuff but i've always been a big chris squire fan so there's a lot of stuff i think is uh real heavy on that with like yes and progressive stuff too yep so and also uh i think uh the classical thing with bass it really uh it, it really works well together, you know, um, with the way I play. So a lot of it's kind of kind of in that vein, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really happy with it. Yeah, no, I really look forward to hearing it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Like, you know, I've heard a few solo bass projects, and yeah, it's been okay. But just hearing that song, I thought, oh, wow, you know, this is a real well, solo you know bass album. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good point. I remember, like, I mean, like back in the 80s, there was a big... Uh, for a while, lots of bass albums with like the tapping and all this stuff. And a lot of it either was either just kind of bare bones bass on its own or something, which is wonderful. But yeah. I, I kind of want to do something where I like it being part of uh, the song. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's always been a little frustrating. It's like you're playing a song. It's like, okay, now you put, do a bass solo. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's, everybody stops playing. Yeah. And it's like, oh, uh, it'd be great if you guys play with me. I play a solo over chords because it's it's i mean i love both ways but it's nice to have you know other instruments behind you so you can answer to it and play melodies off of it and you don't feel like you have to you know Definitely. so with this with this stuff uh uh it's I, I wanted it to be i wanted it to be a bass record but i wanted it to be songs that 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 still have that still work just as songs yeah. too so it's not just only a bass player can listen to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the stuff's on YouTube. Maybe I should plug my YouTube uh, channel. This is how we rock. I do a lot of stuff with fam my, my my family too. Some videos, and it has, yep. uh, of course, my bass solo stuff. And uh, so it's been a lot of fun this this last couple years with Bees. Uh, the, the tours over there are amazing as far as how huge they are. 
But uh, there's a lot of the good thing is you're not on a bus just getting bashed around. You get like you get like the whole week off and you go play on the weekends and you get to sightsee the rest of the time. So yeah, no, it's excellent. No, I've never, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've never actually been to Japan myself. My wife's been and she, she loved it. So it's a beautiful country. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. You know, but uh, another another guy I should give a shout out to for being uh, a cool part of my career is Ted Nugent. He's been. Uh, He's he is one of the one of the coolest greatest guys to play to play with. We had so many great tours with him. Uh, I got so busy with bees and everything else at, at the same time that that, that I ended up. Uh, I'm still with bees now, but I, Ted's Ted's great. I had good times with Dawkins. Yep, I love playing with those guys. Uh, oh my gosh, UFO! <laughs> Sometimes I forget all these <laughs> bands. Oh yeah, guys, I always forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you did Tony McAlpine too, didn't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I played on a Tony McAlpine album, uh, Chromatic City. Yep. That was uh, a very challenging album because that was in the beginning of home studios back in the late 90s. Before computers, we had ADAT machines. I don't yep. even know what they are. But, yeah, yeah, I remember uh, Yeah, the digital tape machines. Yep. So we had those setups, and uh, I got all the tracks sent to me, and it was Tony McAlpine and Steve Smith, uh, Journey's drummer, I knew it had to be good because my tape was going to arrive on mixing day. Okay. <laughs> my, my, all my tracks, oh, they're going to show up right when mixing starts. So I knew it had to be good. So I was, uh, I, I really worked hard on it. I was very happy when they call and say, oh, bass sounds great. That yeah. was, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. But, uh, but that's some very challenging, very challenging stuff. I did quite a few records with Mike Varney on Shrapnel. Yeah. And every time it was, every time it was, uh, very challenging stuff like George Bellas and those guitar players like that. It was, it was good school for me. Uh, and then when Dawkin came along, I was actually when Dawkin came along, I was sort of uh, happy in a way because I, I was I loved playing the tricky stuff, but I was I was kind of itching like I just went got rock a little bit too, you know, some yeah. just E and A for a little bit, you know. <laughs> so it was a welcome change to to play those songs. Man, mm. during those years of like whatever, 2003 to five or six, yep. my gosh, playing with UFO, Ted Nugent, I played on a Scorpions album, all that stuff. Uh, my gosh, Bees. Who am I forgetting? Anyways, it was some very busy, a lot, yeah. <laughs> busy times going on. When I was touring with White Snake and uh, Scorpions with Dawkins. I didn't know, but I was friends with the guys in Scorpions from the Michael Schenker group days, but uh, I wasn't aware that they were actually watching me during our show, and and I didn't know they were going to ask me to come over and record with them, and they, they it was supposed to be for the band. I was really, uh, that was the little bit the one that got away, because I was, it was sort of, Right when I started touring with Bees, it was in the middle of things that Rudolf Schenker called me and says, oh, come to Germany to record the album. Mm. And uh, at the time, Ralph, uh, the bass player, was still sort of in the band, and he sort of wasn't, I was told. Okay. And so I, did, I didn't know if I was going to get credit for what I was playing. I didn't care. I was very happy to, to be making the album. Yeah. But I, they were talking about me being the bass player, and I was I was stoked. I was... Anyways, uh, it... I had to go finish a tour. I was under contract, so, so unfortunately, this and this and that happened. That didn't happen. But, mm. but man, those guys. It was such an amazing experience. I, another favorite 
you know, yeah. today growing up, of course, you know, the legendary Scorpions, but uh, uh, such a great, such a great band. So yeah. that was a thrill too. I mean, really, that's the fun thing about my my resume. I look at and this is like my my whole high school, uh, all my favorites, you know, growing up and yeah, that's right, know, <laughs> great stuff, you know. I pretty much grew up, you know, when the yeah the mom scene, the Van Halen, the Steve I, so. Know, exactly, exactly. No, where you're coming you know, from. Uh, <laughs> way back before, before I got the gig with Ingvay, I did try out for Steve Vai. Okay. Uh, Ninety three. Yep. Around that time, I I went down there and we and we did some jamming with uh, it was Steve Vai and Abe Laborio Jr., Paul McCartney's drummer now. Yep. For for so many years, of course, it's very intimidating. I was really young too. I must have been twenty three or something. Uh, uh, it went really well, actually. I was I was kind of shaking in my shoes, but we got there. We started jamming. He's like, "That sounds great." And we, we and I hung out for a while. They kind of kept me around for a while, and and I got my hopes up, but it didn't turn anything. So I was a little, a little bummed, and I was uh, I was getting a little little frustrated because I've really been working hard. So when Ingve came along, it was really a lifesaver. It was really yeah. Uh, well, for for a lot of reasons, the the earth big earthquake in '94 had just happened mm. and I was, I had, I lived like five miles from the, from the epicenter. And so oh. everything was trashed and it was a terrifying experience. And the, it was great because it was kind of like, I can leave. It's okay. I'm moving. I, yeah. I, I, I'm in the road with me. So it was, a, it was, it was perfect timing. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, excellent. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah. So tomorrow I head, I head out to uh, Hawaii for a couple of days and then yep. we cut the, the, the trip in half so then it's another seven hours or something to japan so we start this tour so yeah so it's going to be a fun summer yeah oh that's good well if you get free time yeah, yeah come on down to australia it's not too far from japan i, I would love to <laughs> i would love to yeah i would love to that would be awesome that would be awesome okay cool all right it's been great talk to yeah you. Well, thanks very much barry i really appreciate it okay all right see you then talk to you soon okay thanks all right bye-bye bye-bye bye, -bye. bye. bye. So thank you once again, Barry. He's a, yeah, an amazing bass player and really forward to hearing his new album real soon. All the tracks you hear in this podcast are from Barry's new album called Bass In Your Face, which will be available in July. So look out for that one. Now, the other new thing I do have this week is my Patreon video, which has just been released on YouTube. So the link is in the, the notes below. So have a look at that one. And I hope to see you on Skype real soon. Now again, I'd like to thank my sponsors, Living Music in Greensboro, and also my other sponsor, Custom Guitar Picks. Now, if you do head to the site, customguitarpicks.com, you can order your picks online, and then when you go to the checkout, just type in BAGT20, and you'll get 20% off your order. And don't forget to check out episode number 50 to get your free half-hour Skype guitar lesson. So until next week, keep jamming.